Welcome to Coping with COVID-19, this editorially independent program from the editors of Modern Aesthetics Magazine and Practical Dermatology Magazine is made possible with advertising from Care Credit. This is Episode 5, Practice Insurance Protections and Pitfalls, featuring Dr. Steve Diane, Dr. Janine Downey, and Financial Advisor Jason O'Dell. lucky to be with my good friend and associate, Dr. Downing, mm-hmm. and we're going to be doing an interview today with uh, Jason O'Dell from OJM Group. Janine, do you have some input on that? Um, so yeah, I'm Dr. Janine Downey, a board-certified dermatologist. I practice in Montclair, New Jersey. Um, just so everybody knows my insurance disclosures, my husband is an attorney that worked in insurance law for many, many years, and my father um, was a prudential life insurance and property insurance and whatever insurance guy for years. So I do have my strong opinions, um, which I no doubt will share during the course of this webinar. Um, In any event, I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Steve Dyan, one of my really good friends from Chicago, and let's get started. So um, Jason, I think the first question and the thing that people want to know first and foremost is can they file a claim under their current commercial property and and casualty policy for COVID-19. So that's our first question for you. Yeah, thank you. And I appreciate the opportunity to, to be here with both of you um, and, and to have the opportunity to, to hopefully be a resource for everybody listening. Yes, the, the answer uh, to that question is, is going to, generically speaking, be no. Most casualty coverages have uh, an exclusion in them for pandemics. So unfortunately, due to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, most of the property and casualty policies that people have business interruption insurance commercial lines coverages will not you will not be able to file a claim so jason when you say most so there are some that do cover business interruption insurance not for pandemics there's there's been a uh, exclusion for pandemics in every single policy that i've seen now that's not to say that Lloyd's of london didn't pick up a coverage for somebody for this but they would have had to specifically name that type of of event to occur and bought coverage specifically for that kind of uh, event. Interesting. And what about the possibility of the government just kind of snapping on this and saying, look, these people have been paying their policies, paying their claim for their, their dues for years and years and years into, you know, the specific, you know, insurance group, whatever it is. And, um, you know, for all these flood of claims not to be covered when our business was clearly interrupted, because for me, we did file a claim just for the heck of it. And we were already told that it wasn't covered because of this pandemic. We would have to have a physical, you know, God forbid, loss to the building, like a fire or flood or something like that for it to be covered. But what if the government just says, you know, look, this is not fair. Everybody's business was interrupted. You guys have been paying, you know, not paying, you know, like this kind of amount of claims and limits perhaps the amount of claim, but does allow us to get something. Is that a possibility of something that could happen? Yeah, highly unlikely due to the fact that it is a named exclusion actually in the contract that the insurance company has with the individual businesses. Because of being an exclusion, the insurance companies are, are traditionally protected. The government stepping in and telling insurance companies they have to pay for something that they've actually excluded is very, unfortunately, very unlikely. So Jason, I've been paying premiums. I'm always paying on time. How the hell does insurance help me then? Yes. Uh, well, and that's a great question. In, in, the, in the specific events that were mentioned that aren't pandemic, so your building burns down, there's a, a weather event. It always seems to be some sort of exclusion. I got to say, we had a flood in one of our offices. Oh, it's not, 
you know, it's the, it's the Macy's next door that caused it. There's always some excuse. You know, it's frustrating sometimes when we, yeah. we pay all these yeah, premiums. It's, it's yeah, it's extremely frustrating that um, the, the key is, and this is one of the crucial times when you do have the opportunity with a little bit of time on your hands if you're fortunate uh, uh, or unfortunate to have that right now, to mm -hmm. review your casualty policies, to look at the exclusions that are in those casualty policies. So what are they specifically excluding? So is flood insurance covered or is it an exclusion? Is a pandemic? I think what we'll see out of, out, of, out of this event is that we will likely see the ability now to purchase coverages for pandemics. Very much like um, uh, after the 9-11 events, there were not terrorism insurance that was available. And today now terrorism is a common type of insurance that can be purchased. Can by we businesses. negotiate these things within our contract? Like you said, there's all these exclusions. Can we try to get it out? You, you, you certainly can. Um, but because this has been an exclusion that's really been in every commercial lines policy, um, you can moving forward, I think we're going to see the change. And I think we're going to see these types of events being covered or at least one-offs that you can purchase um, if you want to pay the premium for whatever it ends up costing for these kinds of coverages. Okay, so what types of coverage should individual business owners like myself and Dr. Diane be considering for the future? What, what would you suggest in terms of, he's a facial plastic surgeon, I'm a cosmetic dermatologist, we both see you know, mainly cosmetic patients, elective procedures. Uh, what should we be thinking about in terms of ourselves, our offices, our staff, and our future in terms of commercial lines. And people don't know what commercial lines means. I do, because I'm married to an insurance guy, but you know. Commercial lines is, is, is think of that as you know, your, 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 your property and casualty insurance. So your, you know, in, in personal sense, your homeowners, your auto insurance. So when we talk commercial lines over on the business um, insurance side, that's what you end up with having those types of, of coverages so got it casualty being a casualty at an event that would occur so probably in a casualty so that's what the casualty is. so yeah so i if you know you most business owner policies bops in the in the jargon that, that we use in the insurance world business owner policies are going to cover all different types of events uh that would occur for business interruption due to employee that employee theft is one business interruption but as i mentioned earlier the crucial point at which you need to look at are the exclusions of coverage in policies. So for most of the things, they're going to, to cover them, but there are some big ones that are not covered. Flood is a traditional type of, co of coverage that is usually an addition or an addendum to the policy that you need to purchase. Sometimes it's difficult to get flood insurance uh, on it. And it's, you know, you look at, if you practice in Florida, hurricane insurance, as the Floridians will know, on your personal property is extremely difficult um, to get, but also in some areas, it's it, in some states, you have mandated government programs that you can pay premiums into. But you ask what types of coverages. You're gonna have a property and casualty insurance agent that would be the expert in this area. Look at your business, give you an overview of all the different coverages that are available to you, from cyber threat to maybe down the line here, pandemic uh, events that will occur. They're gonna give you a list of here are all the coverages, Here's the deductibles, here's the cost, and here, by the way, are the exclusions. These are things that the insurance company will not cover. Focus in on those and ask the question, can I get those covered? And if so, what would it cost me to get those covered? What should we get in the future? Because I'm always trying to figure out which insurance should we get. And you, just, you know, a pandemic happens one in every hundred years. It's kind of hard for me to think about getting insurance from the pandemic. 
but maybe I would because I'm so fearful of this one. Uh, cyber insurance and then discrimination. Like, do we, is that a new type of insurance that is not is something we should be thinking about? Well, I mean, it's unfortunately, you know, one bad employee that claims that you did something sexual or did something nefarious having to do with, you know, somebody's race or something like that. Um, I mean, you know, long story short, I had an employee that was Latina and female working up at my front desk. I'd hired her. Um, you know, she seemed average, okay, average energy. Never hire somebody that's average is my hint after that, but in any event. So I came into work maybe two weeks into it, and she was up the front desk with 15 piercings all in her face. Um, and so I called her back in the kitchen, um, and I did it in front of everybody, and I told her as a woman here in society, she's a protected class, and she said she knew. And I said, as a Latina, you're also a protected class. And she said she knew, and she kind of looked at me. And I said, but as a pierced individual of America, go take those things out your face right now, or you can leave right now. And she started stuttering, and I explained to her that there's no coverage. I, I can be discriminatory because I don't want piercings in her face, because if she wanted to show me that's who she was, she would have come with the piercings all in her face when she interviewed, and then I would have never hired her. So you have to be very clear about what's covered and what's not covered. And then if you have a, an employee that's a little bonkers, you have to always have somebody in the room with you or somebody present, so nothing you say gets mistrewn. But that being said, I mean, I personally think Jason's going to recommend that we have coverage, um, you know, different types of coverage for our, for our employees, just for the different events that can happen. With the male doctor, there's always the threat that somebody's going to say that you've done something sexual when you, you know, would never, you know what I'm saying? I've known you for a thousand years. You would never, but that doesn't mean somebody's not going to say it. So Jason, what's your comment about that? Because I do have cyber insurance because somebody like, I don't know, even before it was popular to get into people's accounts, I guess somebody saw me on The View and um, tried to get into my account from Yemen. I can assure you I know nobody in Yemen. Right. Um, but in any event, so I have cybersecurity after that whole issue. But what is your opinion on cyber? What is your opinion on employment? And then do we need to have specific riders for discrimination and for sexual harassment? Those yes. are great questions, Steve. Absolutely. Great question. And, and, and the answer is yes, you should have all of those coverages. And normally, your, again, your insurance agent should come to you uh, prepared to say these are coverages that are, are standard in our business policies. Uh, and these are extras and these are the cost. And again, looking at the additional riders that you can put on or additional types of coverages that you can put on a, a standard business owner policy and determining the cost. And to Steve's point, the likelihood of a pandemic every once every hundred years, if they offered you pandemic uh, insurance coverage four years ago, what have you purchased it? And the answer is no one knows the, obviously what the answer is today, we all would say yes. But, um, you know, those are the hard things to try to figure out. But I think you have to look at where are we like in today's environment related to cyber wasn't a big risk five, seven years ago medical mm -hmm. records, EMR protection for your, for your medical records and the hacking of, of, of those and the getting of that information or uh, that data from your database or however it's stored, is it stored securely enough and, and the coverage for that, if that were, were to come on or if they were to steal your credit card processing information from you and things like that are coverages that your, your business uh, policy uh, should have in it. So I, I would caution on the side of over insuring yourself for, for those events re, with reasonable cost in mind that you can go insurance crazy and become insurance premium poor because you're buying so much different types of insurance because again there's insurance for everything and you just have to be you know cautious about it but at the same time I'm a, I'm a believer in over 
ensuring against risk, again, focus mm-hmm. on those exclusions. You gotta focus mm-hmm. on those. Right, right. And I think that one of the things that we doctors don't do enough of that we need to do more of is we need to trust ourselves. So if you interview somebody and they seem off during the interview, psychologically that is, it's an excellent reason not to hire them just because you just don't think they'd be a good fit. Not because they're, you know, whatever category that you don't want, just because you think they might be a little crazy and they might cause you problems later. And that's a perfect reason to exclude somebody. And, you know, I hate to say that for people that have, you know, mental illness in their family. I certainly have some clinical depression on one side of my family. So I'm not saying that in a rude way. I'm saying that in a, some of these people can come into your practice and they can be bad seeds. And as bad seeds, they can turn around and sue the doctors, make all kinds of nefarious claims later. Unfortunately, at this point in our careers, we've all been practicing a little bit more than 20 years. We've all seen it and it's just not pleasant. And it's downright, um, especially in a small office, um, like a lot of us have smaller offices, um, it can just be the hair that breaks the camel's back with all the other stresses of medicine. So I've seen one of my doctor friends spiral into significant depression where he wound up getting um, psychological help before it was too late, thank God, because nefarious claims were made against him that were completely not true. So, you know, we have to protect ourselves. But I'm for being a little bit on the overinsured side rather than the underinsured side. One point that I wanted to make sure I brought up during the course of this conversation with you, Jason, and with you, Dr. Diane, today was to make sure that while we have this given time or interlude, as I'm calling it, we should all of us doctors, don't you like that interlude? Sounds so much better. Um, yes. We should all walk around our offices and we should all photograph, like take a video camera from you know 10 years ago that you know you still have somewhere and walk around the office and like actually catalog all of the equipment and give it to the insurance broker because that way you can get an accurate assessment of what everything would cost to replace. Because thank God this pandemic isn't burning down people's buildings or flooding people's buildings out, thank God. But the point is that now that we have a little extra given time, that's one thing that I totally intend on doing by the end of this month is cataloging exactly how many computers do I have, exactly how, well, I know how many lasers, how many this, how many that, how many the other thing, and what all the hard costs of those things is, because that way we can get an accurate assessment. And that'll help you, Jason, help us, the doctors, more, won't it? Yeah, absolutely. Great point. And we are telling all of our clients to use this opportunity to to do all of your planning in general uh, that you've neglected, delayed, whatever the reason might be. And, and getting those photographs and doing all of that is only going to be a huge resource to your property and casualty agent down the road, helping to get accurate uh, assessment of the costs uh, on those. Because what's going to happen, and we know, is when the the uh, work stoppage lifts and you go back to work, you're going to be twice as busy as you were before this because you're going to have all the backlog of patients. So you're going to be so busy that the things that you have the opportunity to do now are going to get obviously pushed to the back because you're going to be back in the earning mode and it's going to be, you're going to be two times as busy. So every time we talk to our clients, I'm telling them now's the opportunity to take advantage of it because I'm confident after this is done, I won't get to talk to you like I get to talk to you now, which is with unlimited time, because you're going to be seeing patients and doing procedures at double the time that you were doing before this. Exactly. Any benefit to a personal umbrella plan or policy? Absolutely. You should always carry a personal umbrella policy, uh, not only through your commercial lines, but in the individually. Individually, I recommend for most of our physician clients to have anywhere from $5 million to $10 million of an umbrella policy under their personal auto and homeowner's insurance very inexpensive. 
uh, in terms of cost, about roughly $150 per million of coverage. It sits right on top of your um, auto homeowners insurance. If you have children drivers, if you have a pool in your backyard, if you have dogs, et cetera, that's the best uh, spent money to get coverage uh, in excess of your liability limits on your homeowners and your autos, as well as your uh, business. That doesn't help us professionally at much? Not medical malpractice, correct. Medical no, malpractice. Like casualty in the office or liability? Property and casualty, you can put an umbrella on top of your casualty, property and casualty, uh, commercial lines coverage as well, too. So um, normally they'll just raise those limits up. But again, yeah. Any exclusions in there we should be looking out for to try to negotiate All out? Well, you won't be able to negotiate them out likely, um, but um, exclusions you'd find in there is neglect or things that you're doing purposefully uh, that would cause the event to happen that they're going to exclude. Oh, interesting. interesting. So I, I get called by insurance people all the time. How do I know who's good? And who That's a great question. And, and what, how I would answer that is, a, um, you want to go to who someone you trust in your profession and ask who they're using and get multiple references or referrals from people that are happy with who they're using. I'd use that as sort of the first litmus test. Second, I would look at the firm's history that you're considering uh, using. How long have they been around? How, what's the professional designations inside that firm, much like you guys have specialized in your particular area? Um, you know, insurance people specialize as well. So they're not just specific to insurance, which is general. They will tend to specialize in commercial or those personal, or they'll specialize in life, disability, health insurance, long-term care insurance. So there are specialty. So you want to go to someone that has an area uh, of expertise in the particular discipline. So property and casualty, personal lines, you find someone who has a specialty in that. Commercial lines, you find someone who has a specialty in that. Traditionally, they're under the same sort of roof or umbrella. Uh, they work usually hand in hand uh, together. I agree. Um, and Stephen, my comment on people calling you, uh, during this pandemic, I have had more calls from, um, you know, I'll say boneheads because we're on video right now, but from knuckleheaded uh, people asking me to switch my insurance to them, to switch my malpractice to them, to invest with them. Oh, yes, it's a pandemic. Let me hand all my money over to a stranger. So my opinion is the following. Um, people find us as doctors different ways. I know some people that just find me from my Janine Downey Instagram. So I'm like, okay, um, you know, that type of thing. So I know people find doctors different ways. When it comes to insurance professionals, we have to keep in mind that they're actually still professionals. So there's, I mean, my um, particular um, entity that I use for my business has been in business for I think it's like 89 years. They have a stellar reputation with their community and they're the same insurance company that all the other doctors in this area pretty much use. So it was easy enough for me after I spoke to a couple of um, doctors that were 20 years ahead of me, you know, who they're using, who I should use. But I don't like cold calls from people on the phone. I just feel like it's connected to somebody who's altering their voice, who's sitting like in Siberia somewhere. And I'm like super paranoid about that. So I never go with a cold call from anybody on the phone you know, at all, but th that's just me being a woman and being from New Jersey and being like super paranoid about crazy people. Um, also, I do think, Jason, that you're not, you don't do the malpractice side of things at all. Is that correct? That's correct. So we do, we, you want to find it. That's a very specialized, specific uh, in mm -hmm. insurance niche, if you will. And there are a mm -hmm. number of companies. We have a, a partner in that uh, arena that helps us uh, in our okay. clients deal with but that just, specific topic. 
Okay, so just for all the doctors to know that are listening, and Steve, in case you didn't know this, what the, the malpractice companies are doing right now, because it's the right thing to do, quite frankly, is they are prorating our insurance. So if you are, you were obviously, all of us were working full-time uh, before this pandemic happened, and now um, many of us, apparently there's 44 offices out in California that are still open that were in the New York Times yesterday making dermatologists all look money-grubbing and bad. But the majority of us um, sane dermatologists are closed except for, you know, serious emergencies. Um, you know, obviously not for Botox, not for filler, and not for laser. Because we're only working part-time, we can get part-time malpractice coverage where they can prorate your coverage, and it's retroactive. So if you look back, if you started not working um, Full time the week of the 9th of March, say for example, then it can go back to then, it can go back to whenever it is you started working part time. But I, I would encourage everybody that's watching this webinar to go to your malpractice coverage um, carrier, ask them if you can have retroactive, um, you know, balance back or whatever it happens to be, or credit for future malpractice. But you should only be paying for part time coverage right now. You should not be paying your full malpractice premium. And the majority of the decent malpractice carriers in this country. I'm not going to say everybody, um, because just because it's the right thing to do doesn't mean everybody's going to do it. But I would encourage people to do that. Do you agree with me, Jason? 100%. Absolutely. And they should do it. I, and again, some of the property and casualty personal coverage uh, companies are giving uh, refunds or credits to people because they're not out driving. So they've seen a decrease, a significant decrease uh, of accidents and and what they were traditionally paying. So some of the big ones uh, on the news I've seen have, have said, hey, we're going to reduce premiums down for our policyholders because it's the right thing to do in a time when we're not experiencing anywhere near the claims that we used to uh, experience. So that is, yeah, so definitely it's worth that phone call, especially on the medical malpractice side, but also on the, on the property and casualty side. Hey, we're not even open our medical practice, can we get a pro rata for uh, you know, a month, you know, one twelfth off of our premium because we are not, uh, we haven't been open for a month. That's a fair question to ask. So Jason, I have a kind of question. Let's say after this, we open back up and someone comes into my office and they get, get infected with the virus. I mean, say I was in your office and there, it wasn't clean appropriately and I know that your front desk person was coughing and I got it from you. Is that something that someone can make a claim against us that we'd have to have insurance to cover us? Uh, you know what? That's a great question. And, and due to the this circumstance we're in, I don't know the answer to that. I think each insurance company is going to be different. I do have coverage right now for that. I don't even know. I wouldn't even know the answer to that question without looking at, you know, the individual policies, but I would highly doubt it. Meaning, you know, let's just forget about COVID-19 for a second. And let's say a patient came into your office and was infected with something else that they could actually trace to you and say, you gave me this illness, this, this disease or what have you, would insurance cover you today for that? Um, and the likely answer is, how would they factually know you gave it I know. definitively? I mean, that's a, it's an almost impossible question to answer. Yeah. Especially okay. so, now you bring COVID in. I mean, no one knows how, right? So Stephen, um, I have a comment on that. New Jersey, unfortunately, statistically, is the most highly litigious state in the country. <laughs> and so... I've seen a lot, unfortunately, over the years. Um, that being said, there is no way to trace exactly who gave who coronavirus. Um, you can look at people's cell phones. You can look at their movements. Did they stop in the gas station right before they saw you? 
you, they don't want to be in a situation where they're accusing you of, you know, of giving them coronavirus um, unless, you know, you're in a personal relationship with some, you know, somebody and you have coronavirus and you tell them you have it and then they have it all of a sudden, that type of thing. But it's, it's nearly impossible just because of the way this virus spreads with the respiratory droplets for them not to say that the gas station attendant who handed them back a $10 bill didn't have respiratory droplets on the $10 bill and then perhaps they sneezed and touched their face and transferred it. There's no way to flat out say. I agree with you completely, but we get accused of negligence all the time when it's absolutely ridiculous. And you and I know as well, someone doesn't die from Botox and yet we get sued for something like silly and silly like that, you know? No, I know. I had a patient that was very overweight that, um, you know, I mean, this sounds mean of me, but she couldn't see her feet and she had flip-flops on and she was walking down the stairs. So um, she tripped and fell. And then she was like, you know, thinking, oh, I might sue. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is really like, let's just not do this. You like me, I like you. And we had a couple of conversations and she realized that, I, you know, I mean, quite frankly, I would have said, you can't see your feet when you walk, you know what I'm saying? And that's not a good look for, you know, anybody, but, you know, especially if you're going to, I mean, don't wear unsturdy shoes. And I do actually have an elevator, um, you know, so I, I just, I, we just didn't even get into it. She realized through me talking to her a couple of times, like I was not going to just take this easy. I was not going to give her any free anything that she probably shouldn't be a patient anymore because now she's questioning my overall integrity. I, just it's ridiculous. And now we have the sign, watch your step, you know. <laughs> um, in terms of other questions, Jason, are there any relevant considerations for personal insurances um, as a long-term investment? that we doctors should be thinking about that we're not thinking about? What, what would you tell us with that? Yeah, I think that some insurance, uh, now let's shift gears from the casualty side and move over to sort of life, disability, long-term mm -hmm. care insurance. Please. Certainly mm -hmm. becoming now far more uh, important uh, to people in light of a pandemic. Uh, our office is receiving more phone calls about my life insurance, is my life insurance policy up to date? Am I covered? Does it cover this? And, it, and, it, and indeed it does cover in the event of a, a premature death due to COVID-19, insurance companies will pay that claim. Getting brand new coverage right now from insurance companies, fair amount of insurance companies have put a temporary postponement on offering new life insurance coverage uh, if you fall within a certain age uh, or have a pre-existing condition for it's temporary. So likely that'll come, those, those restrictions will, will come off, but it's definitely worth if you're not the 70 plus age you don't have a pre-existing condition to definitely look at purchasing coverage, uh, life, life insurance. You should all have disability insurance. You should have gotten it when you're in residency. Uh, extremely important to have. Long-term care insur insurance is a trans, uh, is sort of uh, the transition from taking your disability insurance, getting rid of it, and moving into long-term care insurance. And those policies are extremely important. Life insurance uh, also has, uh, if you're buying a permanent policy, has some uh, cash value that will build up and that cash value uh, will continue to grow if it's in universal life policies, whole life policies or indexed universal life because they don't have attachments to the markets. And as we all know, the, the U.S. markets uh, and the world markets for that matter have gone down significantly. Mm -hmm. So you have one asset class that's building value that's not tied directly to the global markets and that's a, a cash value life insurance policy. So looking at that, if that makes sense for you, if it's the right thing for you and it's designed properly is, is certainly uh, a thing that you should consider doing. 
Interesting. I looked at whole life policies and it made more sense for me to put my money in Apple and in some of the stock market. So I did that instead of doing these whole life policies. I do think that a lot of doctors are not aware of long-term care insurance and what that is. And especially with these circumstances with uh, coronavirus right now, I know they're very, very hard to come by, but once you have those policies, you should keep them. So can you mention a little bit about long-term care policies for um, not necessarily the physicians that are listening, but for our parents, because we should probably already have them in place. Yeah, very good point. And that's normally where we see uh, a fair amount of purchasing going on is our clients, parents, and, and not wanting to necessarily um, uh, neglect them in the sense that they're financially going to be responsible for them and, and have to uh, take care of them. But yeah, you'll see that. So long-term care is, is policies have adapted over the last, I'd say, 10 years in that we had, they were very similar to disability policies. You paid a premium. That premium gave you a certain daily uh, amount of dollars that would be allocated to in-home health care or nursing home care. Mm -hmm. um, and what happened was uh, a lot of the insurance companies that had that type of coverage uh, had major claims that they weren't foreseeing or didn't actuarially price properly due to the longevity of you know, medicine being advancing and the longevity of, of life going on and didn't, didn't account for the fact that people would stay in nursing homes far longer than their actuaries determined. So they've retooled those products to say that now you can take a lump sum dollar amount. Uh, use an example of $100,000. You can put $100,000 into one of these policies and it gives you three things. It gives you your money growing at a specific rate of return, say 2%. Flat amount of death benefit, which is typically a multiple of that. So take the hundred thousand, maybe it's three times that. So you'd have three hundred thousand of death benefit, and a multiple of that, say four times, as an example, or four hundred thousand dollars that could be used for long-term care insurance. So that if you did need in-home health care or nursing home care, you have this pool of four hundred thousand dollars you could draw on monthly, not all at once, obviously, because you're paying your bills monthly, and pull it down. If you ever wanted your money back, you'd get all your hundred thousand back plus some return on that. And if you died prematurely, there'd be a death benefit that would go to your named beneficiaries. And that's how most of these insurance companies are, are offering that coverage, long-term care coverage, or they're adding it as a rider to your life insurance policy. So if you buy life insurance, you get a long-term care rider on it that allows you to access that death benefit if needed for long-term care insurance, which is a fantastic way. And, and we see that very often for clients to, 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 to buy that at a Middle-aged, uh, for parents, you're typically seeing the, the contribution of a specific dollar amount that might be allocated in a bond fund for them. Take that, put it over with an insurance company and get some of those guarantees. Got it. Got it. Okay, so that's very valuable information. Steve, what do you think about that? Any other questions for Jason? No, you know, I, I'm, I have to say, Jason, I'm impressed. There, I got a lot out of this, a lot more than I thought I was going to, and I, I certainly took some notes, and I got some phone calls to make right after speaking with you. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. And then are there any types of insurance planning that we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about today, Jason? Is there something that you feel that we didn't cover that you were like, oh, I definitely wanted to make this point before the end of the session? What, what do you no, think? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think we covered everything. I think the key is, as, as we've mentioned, get, what, use this time as, as a huge benefit for you to review all aspects of your life. Forget about just insurance, but all looking at the financial aspects and your personal, your wills, uh, mm -hmm. doing estate planning. I think it's an opportunity, I think, to really take advantage of this of this time uh, to do that. And so, no, I think we've answered, you know, we've covered property and casualty on the commercial, personal, we've, we've discussed 
life insurance and, and, and looking at long-term care insurance and disability insurance. So all of those key is, and you guys have already said it, go to someone who has an area of expertise and works yeah. specifically with that's been physician referred. and has been referred to you and has, has that area of expertise. That's the key.